0: Well, friends, for the past three weeks, we've been looking at the parables of Jesus. We've been going through the Bible and we've been looking at these stories that Jesus told to his followers and to the Pharisees and to anyone who would listen. And I hope that like me, you've been encouraged through these messages. I hope that these messages have helped you to consider your faith, to pause and to think about your faith and and cause you to wonder, does what you believe cause you to act a certain way? Because that's what the parables are meant to do. They're caused to drive us to some kind of action and to cause us to think, does what I believe cause me to act in a different way? And another way to put this is how much of your action is impacted by your beliefs? As you think about that question, that's kind of the overarching question in this time to act series that we've been walking along and so it's my belief that as individuals as a church as a community it is time for us to act out of our beliefs it's time for us to look inside and to figure out what we believe and then act accordingly out of those beliefs out of those convictions for too long we have been people of in action and now perhaps more than any other time in our lives it's time for us to act we need to act out what we believe we need to act out in accordance with our values. We need to take what we know to be true on the inside in our hearts and let it out for the world to see. We have to do that at this point in time. It's time for us to act, and that's not an easy choice. When I say these words, I'm not saying this is easy. In fact, I would say this is a relatively difficult choice for us to make. It's challenging for us because what your faith tells you to do might not be popular with what the world is saying they want to do. People might not understand you. If you start acting out in faith, you're going to have to make decisions that are different than what you might do if you didn't act out of your faith. you have to do things differently. You're going to have to change your behaviors. You're going to have to make decisions differently. It's so much easier for us to play it safe and to kind of slide under the radar when it comes to our faith, issues of faith. Right? We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about our faith. We're talking about religion. It's easier to just slide under. But as I said last week, nothing ever grows. Without risk. Nothing ever grows without risk. Comfort and growth are never in the same place at the same time. And so, the question that's before you as we go forward into this message today that, that question that I am asking you is will you make the harder choice and will you act out what you believe? It's time for us to act. It's time for us to act. Now, I want to remember as we kind of look back over where we've been for the last couple of, of weeks. We've been looking at these parables. And parables, as you know by now, they are, they are fictitious stories that Jesus told that have a spiritual truth. They kind of rise up everyone's expectations. They kind of raise up everyone's perspective a little bit. They kind of take our eyes and, and point our eyes heavenward. Not just on what's physical, but what is spiritual. They, they, they have a spiritual truth. Jesus used these stories to challenge the people around him to get them to be better. he wanted them to be better. He wanted them to act. He wanted them to be the best people that they could be. And that's why he told these stories. And then we, years later, hundreds, thousands of years later, we're able to take these stories, and when we read them, they're actually challenging us to be better too. Right? They're challenging us to be better too. These are stories that make us out to be the best people that we can be. The best version of ourselves. And so today we're looking at Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to look at verses 15 to 22. So if you have your, uh, your Bible there, you can grab it if you want. And uh, maybe you get your Bible app. That's great if you have one of those. The YouVersion Bible app. I highly recommend that. And uh, so grab that and uh, find Matthew chapter 22 verses 15 to 22. Whether it's a, a print Bible or a digital Bible. Find your verses, because we'll look through those together. And and as you're turning there, uh, finding your Bibles, I'm going to pray for us as a church. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of this beautiful day. I thank you that we can be together, even through technology, even though we're distant socially. uh, God, we can be together through the technology that you've provided. And what a gift that is. And so, Lord, we pray that we would stay connected and that you would uh, speak to us today in this message, this wonderful story that comes to us, this challenging story uh, that comes to us from Matthew. And uh, so, Lord, thank you for what you uh, provide for us uh, today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 15 to 22. And in today's story, we're going to read not so much a parable, uh, but it's an illustration that Jesus uses. It's not really a parable, but it kind of fits in that category of bringing us to a spiritual truth. It's an illustration with a spiritual truth that Jesus uses to teach the crowd. And so the religious leaders of the day... Uh, have been kind of walking around listening to Jesus. They're getting fed up with him, actually, at this point. They're getting kind of tired of hearing him talk because what he's doing is he's kind of leading the people away from them, and they're losing control. They're losing their authority over the people by listening to this Jesus guy. And so they're starting to get upset. He challenges them openly, he, which you never did back then, and he's saying these different things that are kind of challenging everybody, and they were really getting fed up with him. And so what he's doing, what Jesus is doing, is he's rubbing up against their authority, he's chafing against them, and they don't like it. And so here we're going to pick up our our story in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 22. It says this, Then the Pharisees met together how to plot and trap Jesus into saying something for which he would be arrested. They want to take him out. And so they sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet him. Now let me just stop you just for a second before we go any further. Please understand something. The Pharisees and the supporters of Herod were not on the same page. They did not like each other. They fought openly, and they were on opposite sides. They were enemies. But with Jesus, they came together to fight a common enemy. So two peoples who could not stand each other are now coming together because they dislike Jesus that much more. And so they came to him, and they said, "'Teacher,' We know how honest you are, and you teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us, what do you think about this? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, he knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin that is used for tax. And when they handed him a Roman coin, he asked whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesars, they replied. Well, then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And his reply amazed them and they went away. He amazed them and they went away. They went away amazed because even them together taking the best of the Herodians, the the Herod supporters, the best of the Pharisees to come in together When they pulled their collective authority, they could not beat him. They couldn't beat him. They thought if we could just divide Jesus' followers, if we could divide the people and put them against him, he'd be in trouble with the authorities. Right? So they asked him a question. If Jesus said, no, uh, you know, you don't pay taxes, you shouldn't pay taxes, the government's going to be upset with him. Right? Because everyone's got to pay taxes. But if he said, yes, pay the taxes, the people were going to be up in arms because they didn't want to pay the taxes. It actually hurt them to do that. So Jesus identified the trap that they were setting, and he used this this time to bring them to a higher truth. And what did he say? He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what belongs to God. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life where you had an aha moment? Like everything just kind of clicked and you're like, oh, why did not I see that before? Aha. That's what this was like for the people listening in Jesus's day. Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And the people went, wow, that's wisdom. That makes sense. That's why the Pharisees and the Herodians, that's why they left because there was nothing for them to say. They're like, okay. At the time of this story, what do we need to know? We need to know that Caesar owned everything, right? He owned everything. Everything in the known world, he, he'd conquered everything, north, south, east, west. Rome had conquered at this point. They were in charge. Everything belonged to the emperor. But people still believed that even though they saw Caesar as a god, they still understand that God was greater than the emperor. There's a pastor, Pastor Warren Weiserby. And he said once on this commentary, he said that Caesar's, imprint, Caesar's image was imprinted upon the coin. But God's image is imprinted upon humanity. Right? Caesar's image was imprinted upon the coin, but God's image is imprinted upon humanity. And so by saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, Jesus was saying to them, Caesar can have your tax money. God is looking for your heart. Caesar can have the tax money. God is looking for... For your heart and to give god your heart is a much harder decision by far it's a much harder decision for as long as i can remember being in the church growing up in the church for as long as i can remember the church has always had a very strange strange relationship with giving Uh, it's got a very strange relationship around giving growing up in the church i watched as talking about giving was kind of a secret people would talk about. It was not something, you know, unless they were walking through saying, hey, look how much I give, which is not really very godly or very righteous, but unless it was something like that, people wouldn't want to talk about what they were giving. And so you've got this, this expectation that, that giving was something that was treated as a secret. It was like this unspoken rule. As I said, you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about how much you give. You don't talk about for as long as I remember being a young boy, growing up in the church, that's the way it was. And then I ended up, I, I, I went to college, and then I went to seminary, and then into young adulthood. And, and I began to learn. I began to learn that uh, giving is personal. And it is tied to, you know, it is a personal thing that you, that you do. But it's also tied to your faith in a very public way. It is something that you and I should talk about. In those early years, my mentors taught me that leaders were expected to lead by the example and they were supposed to lead by giving a tithe. They were supposed to take the first 10% of what they own and they were to give that to God. Uh, pastors and elders and deacons, all those in position of leadership in the church, they were to lead, lead the others, lead the flock, lead the church by their example from giving God what they, uh, for the, from the first of what they made. And, and so I was taught Uh, That we give out of the abundance of what God has given to us. That's how we give. We give out of the abundance of what God has given to us. Our offerings, our worship, our daily sacrifices. Everything that we give, we give it a thanksgiving to God. Out of what God has put into our lives. Thankfulness to God's presence. We give uh, with thanksgiving in our hearts. That's what I learned. And and then I came here uh, to Wayne uh, almost 13, going on 14 years ago. And pretty much everything that I have said and done here in Wayne, I've said these same things. When you give it out, uh, it's out of the love that you have for God. Whenever you give in any way, shape, or form, it's out of the love that you have for God. God has blessed you with so much, and so now you have the opportunity to bless others and to bless God with what he has put into your hands. And often when we think about giving, the first thing that comes to our mind I think it was the thing that the Pharisees thought about, but the first thing that comes to our mind is we're talking about finances. But really, finances are the last thing that God's talking about. It's the last thing that God is talking about. Here in Matthew, we see that Jesus completely turns the tables on the Pharisees. They, they came up to him to trap him, talking about money. They came up, what do we do with our money, they said. What do we do with it? You know, Caesar's image is on the, the coin. What do we do with this? Do we give it to the, the church, or do we give it to the government? What do we do with it? And Jesus replied, money isn't the issue. It's the heart that's the real issue. The heart is our real challenge. In truth, giving God our money is easy when we really understand who Jesus is, And when we've settled who Jesus is in our head and in our hearts, the giving comes easy at that point. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. God deserves our time, God deserves our talents, and then God deserves our treasures. We jump to the treasures all the time, but giving God our time and our talents is often so much harder than giving God our treasures. If we're honest with ourselves, we wrestle a lot with how much to give God out of our treasure trove, right? We, 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 we challenge ourselves all the time. We, we, we feel guilt about that. We, we wrestle with this idea of how much to give God. And we hardly notice that our money is never what God is after. That's not what God's after. He's looking for our hearts, <clears throat> hearts that choose him over the busyness of the day. Hearts that choose him and make God a priority in our decisions, in our relationships, in our communication, in the way we spend our day. And we're not satisfied, God's not satisfied to give him the scraps at the end of the day, whatever comes at the end. God wants the best that we have in these areas. Give to God what belongs to God. It's a phrase that wakes up, it stirs within us this idea that God is looking for our hearts to choose him. To choose integrity rather than than chasing after impure thoughts. Rather than settling for bad attitudes and and, and ideas that drive us away from him. Rather than lusting after items that will never fill the pain that is deep down inside. Money is actually the last thing that was on Jesus' mind when he shared this illustration with the people Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God. It is God's call to action for us. It is a wake-up cry. It is a call for us. It is a time for us to act. And so what can you do directly this week as we come to the end of this Time to Act series? This is the last one in this message series. If you are feeling that it's time to excite your faith and you're looking for something to do, then I want to encourage you with this. First of all, I would say this. It requires baby steps. Baby steps for us to engage our faith and to actually act. Because if we act too far, we get burned out. If we act too fast, we get burned out. If we do too much, we get burned out. And then we get frustrated. And it actually puts us in a back pattern. And so you want to take baby steps in whatever action you feel God is, is putting on your heart today. And so I, I follow a pastor named Chad Veach on Instagram, and he is a, I think he's out of Los Angeles, I'm not 100% sure, but he's a pastor, uh, and he put on his uh, Instagram post this past week, and he said, remember this, everything that is big started out small. Everything that is big started out small small. It's a great word for us today that if you're looking for something to act in, to lean into your faith, to, to act upon what you believe, start out small. The goal is to, to keep acting, to keep acting, to keep acting. So do little steps and little actions. So, so here's a couple of, of very basic ideas. One, devotions. Where are devotions in your daily routine? Where is spending time with God? Reading the Bible or praying? Where is that in your daily activity? If it's not in there, it's a little thing you could do. Write a daily Bible verse that you would read or you could, you could meditate on throughout the day. A, a little bit of, of, of reading the Bible, taking time. Maybe when you're commuting or maybe when you're home or wherever you are, finding time, making that time. It's not just going to happen automatically. You know this. I know this. If we think it's going to automatically happen, it would be happening right now. So we have to do something. We have to act to try and make devotions a little part of our lives. Right, so read the Bible every day. I mentioned the the U Version Bible app. I can't recommend that enough. If you're a person who has technology in your hand and you use a phone, please put the U Version Bible app on your phone. It is fantastic. It has so many great devotions. There's quick devotions, there's longer devotions. You can read the Bible, you can search for things. It's it's encouraging. You can connect with friends. It's a great, great resource. So devotions are are one baby step you can make. Another one is a growth group, forging relationships with others and looking for opportunities to get into a group. I know the Tuesday group we were going to start, that's being postponed, but we will do other groups. So when they show up, look for them, look for the groups. You know, the seniors, they're, they're meeting a lot of times. A lot of times uh, the seniors are here in the parking lot. They, they do phone calls. They do video chats. The seniors are actually connecting really, really well in our church. You know, look for opportunities to connect uh, with, with the seniors. Their, their door is open. They'd be happy to have people come. But there's also other points. There's other uh, organizations or other times. The Hebrews group met a couple of weeks ago. The 30s to 50 range. There's a great group for 30s to 50s who can meet once in a while and connect with each other. Right? There's a, if there's a group you want to start, let me know about that. Let the office know about that. We'll help you. We will support you to do a group. So that you can connect with others. We need to spend time with each other. We need to be with each other. Whenever there's a chance to get together with one another, make it a priority to act upon that and to come into a relationship, to forge those relationships with your church family. Another small thing I can encourage you to do is giving. As I said before, giving of your finances. God doesn't need your money, but he does ask for you to give out of response for your love for him. And so that is something that is personal, but it's also something that God is challenging us to do. So giving is like faith in action. It's like putting your faith in action when you give. And so if you already give, can I ask you, are you able to increase that gift? Is God able to say, yeah, God, I want to make sure you understand how valuable you are to me. I want to increase my gift. Maybe that's $5. Maybe it's $50. I don't know what that money is. That's between you and God. That's not for me to know. But it's for you to know in your relationship with God. And so if you give online regularly, you know, that's great. If you don't give online regularly, would you start doing that? Would you make that a priority? Would you act? Would you sign up and make sure that that is a part of your regular routine of giving out of the abundance of what God has given to you? You finding a way to give according to that love that you have for God. Examine your heart and give as God leads you. That's between you and God. Sign up today if you were able to do that. And the last thing I would tell you is service another very simple way that we can be doing that is to give god our 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 time and right now this this month we are partnering with Kumac. we're going to give financially to support cumac but you, you know you could go down and they would take the volunteer work people can go down to Kumac uh, in patterson and spend part of a day and you can help bag groceries or you can do things, move things around. They, they've got a warehouse of food that they're intaking and constantly trying to, to deal with the community and the more and more people are coming. They would love the support and the encouragement from our church to go and to be a part of uh, volunteering our time at Kumex. So that's another way. These are all little ways. They're, they're just little things that we can do and then you build upon them. But if you do each of these things a little bit, you just keep building and building and building, you find that your actions speak about the beliefs that you have inside of your heart. And others can see, others can see uh, who you are on the inside. So if you need help with any of these, please email me, pastor at uh, waynepresbyterian.org, the office, office at waynepresbyterian.org, and we would love to help you uh, step out to, to act in faith this week. Verse 15, Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus. But Jesus knew their evil motives, moving down to 18. You hypocrites, he said, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin that you use for tax. And when they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. Do that this week. Look for what belongs to the world, and do your best to give the world whatever it deserves. But then, look for what belongs to God. And make the harder choice to give God your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the gift of each new day. And I thank you for this message that challenges us, Lord. It is the harder choice by far to give you our hearts more than our wallets. And yet, Lord, we focus so much on that. We struggle so much to give you uh, even the, the, the money that you have put into our lives, the, the rich resources that you've given to us. But uh, Lord, we also struggle. We struggle to give you our time. We struggle to give you our talents. And it's not because we don't love you and it's not because we're bad people. Lord, we are just wrestling with uh, all the different parts of being in a sinful world. And so Lord, we, ha- we ask that you would help us, help us to walk in obedience to you. Help us to look uh, to this, what you are saying. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. And Lord, you're the owner of everything. And so Lord, help us. Help us today to learn how to give to you, to to make the time to act and to take these little baby steps so that we can continue to grow to be the best men and women of God that you want us to be. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.